You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. You're listening to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors related to Star Wars Episode 7, as well as Rebels and the Clone Wars bonus episodes and all the new and exciting projects upcoming in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. I'm fired up and ready to go with this episode. A lot of cool stuff and interesting stuff to talk about on this one. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the news and rumors have been coming pretty much fast and heavy since the beginning of this year, and uh, we even had a big set of rumors drop right after we recorded our last episode and before I even yeah. got it edited and posted, so um, we've got some good stuff to jump right into on this one. Yeah, I think it was like literally a half hour after we finished recording our last episode. I was like, I sent you a text. Did you see this new bunch batch of rumors that just happened? <laughs> it's like, it couldn't happen an hour earlier or something. <laughs> Yeah, well, that would have just kind of thrown us off while we were recording. Be like, oh, wait, we got more stuff to talk about. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, well, let's just jump right into it. These uh, new batch of rumors come from The Hollywood Reporter, and uh, they're talking about, I mean, we've got some casting rumors. They're saying that along with all the other um, movie stars whose names we've heard, you know, thrown around in consideration for episode seven roles. Now we've also got Michael Fassbender, uh, Adam Driver, and Hugo Weaving. And uh, I think I had heard the Hugo Weaving rumor uh, somewhere else recently too, and they were saying he's possibly up for the role of like an imperial officer or something like that, which I could see him as. He could make for a yeah. pretty cool uh, imperial villain. Yeah, I could definitely see that too, or just the villain in general. <laughs> I could definitely see him play that role. I'd actually, the one actor that got me excited if he was going to be it was Michael Fassbender. I loved him in the X-Men First Class as Magneto. I thought he did a great job with that, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him again in X-Men Days of Future Past. So if he is rumored to be in it or up for a role, that's someone I hope could really see in a Star Wars movie and just wonder if it's going to be a good a good guy or a bad guy he'd be up for. So, I mean, hopefully soon we'll get official casting announcements, but some good choices here, I think, with Hugo Weaving and Michael Fassbender. Yeah, I think, I mean, he's definitely a good actor, too, but and we've talked before about how they might try to go with, like, lesser-known actors. Um, obviously, Hugo Weaving's pretty well-known, too, but Michael Fassbender seems like one of those actors who, a few years ago, not a lot of people knew who he was, and then um, I think maybe X-Men First Class was kind of like his first big breakout role, but, like, yeah. since then, he's just, like, I see his name everywhere. Um, yeah, he's been in a couple other movies since then. He was in 12 Years a Slave, which just came out last year. He's signed on to be the main character in the Assassin's Creed movie, which they're supposed to be, I think, filming later this year. Um, so he's kind of another one of those guys like Benedict Cumberbatch, who's just like really hot right now and doing a whole lot of stuff. So, um, 
I mean, yeah, it's the not that I would be rumored for Star Wars if they're hot and up and coming actors or who are getting bigger and bigger. You know, that's they're going to be thrown into Star Wars somehow. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean, like we've said, they're seeing and auditioning everybody for this, and I'm not surprised at all that his name is getting thrown in the mix. It's just, um, you know, you kind of like to see stars in Star Wars who you might not know from a ton of other things so that when you see them, you're like, it's like, it kind of makes that role more special, you know, when they haven't done a whole bunch of other roles just like that. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, again, we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. But um, in addition to that, they also said uh, that, well, they, they talked about Michael Arndt leaving the film and before we had thought that he might have left just because of a scheduling conflict or he thought it was taking too long and wanted to move on to other projects. But they're saying that the reason was actually because um, he was having some disagreements with J.J. Uh, Abrams about what the focus of Episode 7 should be. And they were saying that Michael Arndt's script focused a lot more on uh, sort of the new generation of characters. You know, it was going to be like Luke and Han and Leia's offspring and the the newer characters were going to be the main characters and the returning cast members from the original trilogy were going to just be sort of supporting characters. And uh, they were saying that J.J. Abrams felt really strongly that Episode Seven should kind of be a chance for people to get to you know, see the original trilogy cast in action one more time and sort of say goodbye to them. And so he wanted to have Han and Luke and Leia return as the main characters with the newer characters being in more supporting roles. And those characters would kind of come up and uh, take over as the main characters through like episodes eight and nine. And uh, that's, I don't know, kind of interesting to hear. And I can kind of see both sides on it. And they're, you know, again, they're saying now that the new script written by, J.J. Uh, Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan has, uh, you know, be re- been rewritten to focus a lot more on the original characters. But Tim, how did you feel about that? Uh, just in terms of like which way they're shifting the focus on it. Yeah, to me, this was definitely the most interesting part of the Hollywood Reporter's uh, article on this, and this section right here kind of had the most mixed reactions to it. And for me personally, I it can go either way. Really, I mean, if it was focused more on the offspring of Luke, Han, and Leia. I'm cool with that. But at the same time, too, if they're changing that to where we get one more movie that's going to focus on Han, Luke, and Leia, there's no way I'm going to complain about that either because, I mean, what Star Wars fan wouldn't want to see like more adventures with those main characters? And then at the same time, too, have the new characters, whether it's Han and Leia's kids or Luke's kids, be the focus in Episode 8 and 9. So at least get an introduction in Episode 7. And, and I'm sure they'd play a somewhat of an important role in the movie and story overall. So to me, I'm, if it goes either way, I'm happy with it. I mean, like I said before, just the fact that Han, Luke, and Leia are, are going to be in it again and will be the main focus is I think some most Star Wars fans will be okay with. But I also heard, too, where some might not be okay with that because, I mean, who knows if they're going to have that same chemistry that they had together in the original trilogy because it's been over 30 years and they don't know if they can capture that same magic. But I'm pretty confident that they will, and it shouldn't be too big of a deal. I mean, of course, they're going to look a lot older, but I think J.J. Abrams will be able to, and Lawrence Kasdan, what the script they have, will be able to write them in a way that fits to fits their age, I guess, and what their situation is now 30 years from Jedi. And at the same time, J.J. Abrams getting the performance that he needs to get out of Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher with this. So, yeah, I'm actually pretty excited about it. But the thing that was interesting to me in this was that 
Kathleen Kennedy and Abrams kind of had to convince George Lucas to go this way because apparently George Lucas' original uh, drafts that he had for episode seven, eight, and nine were to focus on the future generation from Hanalei and Luke and that they kind of had to talk him into it because, you know, they've been talking to Lucas about episode seven and just Star Wars in general. We've seen some pictures and video of all three of them together talking. And so I'm sure this is one of the conversations they were having. So Lucas says wasn't too keen on it, but at the end he kind of, I guess, agreed to J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy's, I guess, request about this with the story. So I wonder how much convincing it took to get him and if he's really fully on board with it or not. That's kind of interesting. I'm waiting to hear, I guess, in the future when episode seven comes out and it's all said and done to see what exactly, what was left of what George Lucas originally wanted of, Maybe this turns out better than what George Lucas had, and he goes, oh, yeah, this is actually better than what I had. I mean, we'll find out eventually, but I thought that was pretty interesting where I kind of had to convince Lucas to get his, I don't want to say approval on it because he doesn't have the final say anymore, but I guess his blessing on this new story that they're going with. So it's going to be interesting to say the least. Yeah, well, and it kind of seems to me like they sort of went to him more for advice to get his take on it, and then... uh but, you know, eventually, like you said, he, he kind of just said, you know, hey, here's how I would have done it, but deferred to J.J. Abrams, like, hey, you know, this is how I would have done it, but you're in charge now. So, um, you know, like you said, it's not really like they had to convince him to do it that way because he's not the one making the movie, but he might have, you know, disagreed with it or wanted to see it done differently, but eventually just sort of trusted J.J. to do his thing with it. But, um, yeah, I think... I'm kind of one of those people who maybe would have preferred to see it um, the original way that George had in mind where, you know, the new characters are coming in. And I mean, you know, we've seen between the sequels and the, or the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy that, um, you know, it's two completely different generations of characters. And there is some crossover there. We see, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi as the older character and obviously Anakin Skywalker as Darth Vader is still having a huge impact, but the main focus is on a, you know, a younger and new trilogy of, or new, uh, trio of characters. And I was kind of looking forward to seeing that in episode seven as well. And obviously we'll still see that into the prequel trilogy, but, um, you know, I'm not like totally against it or anything. I definitely want to see Han and Luke and Leia come back, but I was kind of getting excited to see them as, you know, mentor type characters to a sort of new younger generation of heroes. And obviously, um, you know, I, I don't think that the whole like performance and chemistry between those three characters is going to really be an issue. But when you consider the fact of, you know, how old they are, it's like, can Mark Hamill really pull off like a convincing Jedi action hero? And, you know, is Harrison Ford still going to be like running around blasting stormtroopers? Um, you know, you, you, that's kind of the stuff you expect to see younger characters doing. And, you know, maybe they can still pull it off. I'm just kind of maybe just having a harder time picturing it because for so long, all the rumors we've been hearing is that, uh, you know, everybody was kind of expecting that Luke was going to come back and sort of be the new Ben Kenobi of this trilogy. So um, it's definitely sort of a different way to go with it. I think maybe what they're trying to do is introduce those three characters to younger generations who maybe didn't grow up on the original trilogy like we did. Um, because I don't think we as the hardcore fans really need to see a whole movie with those guys taking center stage. It's like we have the original trilogy, we can enjoy that, and we know what they did. 
in those movies. And of course, I'd like to see them come back and do more in this new trilogy, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the main focus because I also want to see new stuff and new stories with new characters. But for kids who didn't grow up with Han and Luke and Leia, maybe they feel like they need a movie to sort of establish who those characters were and what their impact on this new trilogy is going to be. Um, So that's just a thought. I mean, maybe that's one way they're going with it. But um, like I said, whichever way they decide to go with it, I still trust that J.J. Abrams knows what he's doing. And (laughs) at least if these rumors are true, then it's, um, you know, just one step closer to getting confirmation that the original cast is returning. And like I said, either way, I still would love to see Han and Luke and Leia in the new movie. And, um, of course, it's not like I'm really worried about that. That's one of those things where it's pretty much all but officially confirmed at this point. (laughs) We even had another story in the past couple of weeks where Carrie Fisher just came right, right out and said in a interview with TV guide that, yeah, you know, I'm, coming back with Mark and Harrison and we're expecting to start work on it, you know, later this year and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure somebody at Disney was going, Oh wait, we didn't say you could say that yet. (laughs) Um, And I love Carrie Fisher. She's like so candid about this kind of stuff when everybody else is all hush hush and tiptoeing around it. And, you know, Mark Hamill's like, well, we haven't signed contracts yet and blah, blah, blah. Carrie Fisher's like, yeah, I'm doing it. Why wouldn't I? She always has a joke at the end, too. In this one, she's all, yeah, I hope I get to wear my buns again, but this time they're all gray. Like, yeah. My hair's all gray. <laughs> she always has to put an end joke in there. <laughs> Never said <laughs> yeah. the serious quote. But another thing about that, too, that got me thinking was how they want episode seven maybe to be, like, the last big adventure the three characters have. And that just got me thinking, so does that mean or some of them not going to make it out of episode seven. <laughs> that was always a thought we've had since the new trilogy got announced was, will we see the death of Luke Han, or Leia? One of them, maybe not any of them won't, maybe they all will. We don't know, but I don't know if they're focused now to have episode seven be like their last hurrah, so to say, <laughs> will we see the end of one of those characters? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's contradictory rumors where before like Harrison Ford signed a multi-picture deal or is in negotiations for more than just episode seven and all that. And now we're hearing in this report too, how Mark Hamill's role has been kind of beefed up a bit than what it originally was planned. And also too, and the Hollywood reporter was saying how since the focus now is going to focus on the big three again, how some like the characters and actors that they were having auditions for, like now those uh, characters have been scrapped. They're not even going to use those auditions that they had. So Pretty big stuff that's going on. I mean, I would kind of think that the auditions that they had, this all this stuff would have been finalized the script-wise before they had these auditions. Because I don't think they'd be changing it this soon or why they were having auditions. And then as we'll get into later, the script is done now, so which was reported not too long after this. So we're never going to fully know what's going on in the pre-production phase until after it's all said and done. So it's all speculation right now, but just raises a lot of questions so how accurate it is and if all the stuff is end up going to be being true. Yeah. And what you were talking about with, um, episode seven sort of being like the big send off for the, uh, the original three heroes. I mean, that's something I thought about too, because they said that, uh, you know, they want episode seven to sort of be like focus on giving audiences, you know, one last adventure with the original trilogy heroes before sort of handing off the saga to a new generation of heroes in episode eight. And, I mean, like you said, we've heard rumors for a long time that Harrison Ford has... Yeah, there were rumors that he said, yeah, I would come back to do another one as long as they kill off Han Solo because I think he needs to, like, have a proper death or something like that. And, 
So it wouldn't surprise me if they killed off one of the characters, either in this movie or at some point over the course of the trilogy. But then when I heard this, that they were like, oh, episode seven is going to you know, just focus on these guys. And then they're going to sort of hand it off. And then the next movies will just focus on the other characters. I was like, wait a second. Does that mean they're going to kill off like all three of them at once in episode seven? Because I think that would be a huge mistake. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Just because, I mean, even if they made it fit within the story, it still would kind of feel like, why did you have to do this all in one movie? Why couldn't it kind of be like spread out over the course of the trilogy? It would just make it feel sort of rushed. Like, okay, guys, here's your, you know, Han, Luke and Leia back for one movie. And then we're going to like kill them all off and just move on with the rest of the stuff. It would, I don't know, not feel right to me. Um, (laughs) That was making me think of right now. Did you ever see the Ewok adventure movies? No, <laughs> because of the first movie, it focused on a family. You got a mother, father, and a son and daughter, and like the son and daughter have to rescue their parents who was captured by this big monster called the Gorags. So they rescue them, but then in the sequel, both the mother, the father, and the son they get killed off in the beginning of the second movie <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> whereas like the three main character, three of the four main characters got wiped out in the second movie. I just couldn't help but think of that when you said. All three of the characters from episode seven are going to get killed off. <laughs> just made me think of that <laughs> for some reason. Which I doubt it's not going to be anything like the second Ewok movie. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, again, I wouldn't have a problem with them doing that at some point. I just don't think it should be all clumped together like that. Um, especially because, I mean, you know, you can think of Han, Luke, and Leia as a trio. But I think people love all those characters individually, too, for their own reasons. And they're all... Um, you know, they all stand on their own merits as individual characters. So we don't really get to feel the impact of like just one of those characters leaving. If you just kill them all off at once, it's just like, Oh, there they all go. And, you know, I guess we're just going to have to deal with new characters from now on. So, you know, it would kind of just feel like they're cleaning house in a garage sale or something. And, (laughs) you know, all right, we're moving on to a new house. We're getting rid of all this old junk, you know? So I, I ho- definitely hope that's not the way they go with it. I don't really think they will, but it is something that crossed my mind and was a little bit of a concern. Yeah, but, but at uh, least with Luke, if he does end up dying in Episode 7, he can't come back as a Force Ghost in Episode 8 and 9. <laughs> yeah. So he has the potential to be in all three still. Yeah. Well, you know what? We've got one more rumor from The Hollywood Reporter, and then uh, I don't even know... I don't remember where this other rumor was from, but we've heard more rumors about Force Ghosts and stuff like that, too, recently. But uh, the last thing from this Hollywood Reporter article is they said that they're possibly looking for an actress. And they said uh, 20-something female actress who's either mixed race or black. And the rumor is that she's either the daughter or granddaughter of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I know, you know, Tim, we talked about this a little bit before, and a lot of people were just kind of like whoa what um so yeah i mean what was your initial reaction to that yeah i was pretty much like that like what did i read that like obi-wan having a daughter or a granddaughter i mean i said it before i have full confidence in lawrence kazan and jj abrams with the script and if this does end up being true i'm sure they'll do it in a way that makes sense but Right now, just reading this report from The Hollywood Reporter, I have a hard time with this as far as Obi-Wan having a daughter or a granddaughter. Just because Obi-Wan was always that character who was kind of sacrificed his happiness and maybe the wants that he had in life for the greater good and just the missions that he had. Originally, even in the Clone Wars with Satine, 
he didn't pursue a relationship with her because of his loyalty to the Jedi Order. Even though he did say that if she kind of gave him the word that she loved him, he would have left the Jedi Order. That never happened. And then, too, even focusing on later on with him on Tatooine with Luke, I just think that he would be so engrossed with his mission, and that would be his only reason for living, pretty much, is to protect Luke and to make sure that he grows up to be the savior of the Jedi Order. And that would be his focus. And I can't really see him putting that aside, even for a moment, to get with somebody to either have a daughter or a granddaughter later on. It just doesn't fit with this character to me. And I just really don't see it working. But again, I'm not the writer of this movie, and J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan are a heck of a lot talented than I am was coming up with the story. So I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt if it does end up being true. But just right now, my reaction toward it was like, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know if that's really going to work. Well, see, I thought it was an interesting thought. I mean, I wasn't quite as skeptical about it as you were, I guess. I also wasn't like, oh, great idea. I'm totally on board with that. And obviously, I kind of sat there scratching my head for a bit. But as far as Obi-Wan's character, I kind of could see that just because, um, I mean, like you were saying, he was, you know, spent so long being like that sort of perfect role model of like what a, what a devoted Jedi should be. And obviously I would never see him doing anything like that while he's with the Jedi order. But then once, uh, you know, once order 66 goes down and like he and Yoda are the last two surviving Jedi in the galaxy, as far as they know, it's like, you don't really have to sort of stick to the Jedi code anymore. Cause there's not a council and a temple and sort of this whole structure that you used to live by. Um, and, of course, he's devoted to protecting Luke and all that. But it's like while you're kind of just like sitting by yourself in your hut there on Tatooine, it's not like he had to sort of constantly be watching over him day and night. It's not like he was battling Sith outside Luke's window every night or something like that. So I could see him maybe finally having time to sort of settle down and start a family. But my biggest issue with it, is just that, I mean, it's it's not like a character issue from Obi-Wan's standpoint, but it's just the fact that we know this character so well already at this point. It's like, it seems almost too late in the game to introduce that. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, you know, for somebody to, you know, like say this girl just pops up in episode seven and is like, oh yeah, I, you know, nice to meet you. I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi's granddaughter. I'd be like, <laughs> okay, wait, hold on a second. I could understand Obi-Wan having a daughter, but why in all this time that we've known Obi-Wan Kenobi has nobody mentioned this before now? And of course the answer is going to be because we didn't come up with the idea for the story until now, but there's no plausible reason for it from like an in-universe standpoint, um, unless it was like some sort of secret love affair and Obi-Wan was trying to hide the fact that he had a kid, but... That's something that I can't really see from his point of view, especially when, you know, he watched what that did to Anakin um, and saw him go down the dark side. I don't yeah. really see him going that same direction. And even if he did, I think it would feel kind of repetitive because, again, we've seen Anakin do that same thing. And I also just, you know, I don't think there's a need for it because, again, like I said, when you're in solitude on Tatooine for 20 years, it's not like you would have to keep your marriage a secret from the Jedi Council or something like that. So, um, yeah, that goes back to my whole point, too, where it's like I don't think he'd allow himself to be distracted with that because he's 
his mission for to protect Luke is so important to him. And that's one of the things I liked about in the Kenobi book too that just came out this past summer, where uh, one of the main characters in there named Annalene kind of wanted to pursue a relationship with Obi Wan, and he just wouldn't have it because he just couldn't. His mission was to protect Luke, and I just love that aspect of his character. And again, it just <laughs> wouldn't sit right with me. This is just funny the way you're talking about how <laughs> if the character just pops up in Episode Seven, like you said. If the only reason they're popping up now in that movie is because that's when they just came in the idea. I mean, what are they going to have Obi-Wan come back as a Force ghost and just say, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, Luke, I had a daughter that I didn't mention before, but she is now. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, right? Like, uh, I don't know. It, it it's definitely could be an interesting idea, but it's one of those things where they really would have to tread carefully, and it's like it could be a disaster and ruin the story or it could just be something that's like okay that's kind of weird and you could have done it better but whatever and just kind of move on or it could turn out to be a really interesting character and you know reveal some information about obi-wan kenobi that we didn't have before but um we actually have another rumor that we're going to talk about that contradicts this one so this you know might not even be true and again you know none of the stuff we're talking about has been confirmed yet so we're kind of just speculating on this and taking it all with a big spoonful of salt grains. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's definitely an interesting concept, I think. Yeah, it's interesting to say the least, that's for sure. I mean, it'll get a lot of fans talking and speculating I mean, like we're already doing now. But if it ever becomes official, that's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be thinking about it a lot, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but of course, yeah, I think they would have to give us a whole lot of explanation on that. Like, okay, wait, so who's the mother and when did this happen exactly? And where was she during the whole original trilogy? And exactly. Yeah. Yeah, But so that's all the stuff from the Hollywood reporter. And then uh, a few days later, we got a whole new round of, uh, big rumors from the Hollywood or from uh, Latino review and they had been kind of quiet recently. You know, we heard a lot of rumors from them last year and uh, hadn't heard any in a while. But here's some new big ones for you. Um, they started off, they also mentioned the same thing that was in the Hollywood Reporter article about, um, you know, the differences that J.J. Abrams and uh, Michael Hart were having with the script ideas. And then they uh, talked more about Jesse Plemons, who we talked about on our last episode and how... He's been rumored for a role in episode seven and that he reportedly is really close to a role that he's been like in talks with J.J. Abrams and stuff like that. Um, we'll have more on that in a little bit. But I think the – well, here, let's go, jump to the last one first um, because this is sort of a direct follow-up to that Obi-Wan rumor. They say in response to the in response to a rumor that Obi Wan would have some sort of offspring, we're told that it's absolutely not true. That being said, the Kenobi family will come into play. Could be niece nephew. No real details on that one. It could be a Force ghost or something else. We just know it's not his daughter or grandkid. Um, so you know, according to their sources, that rumor about Obi Wan having a daughter isn't true. But it would be interesting to see, you know, maybe some extended family or if it's a cameo by Obi-Wan himself. I mean, who knows? There's you know, a lot of different possibilities they could do with that. I think that would actually be a lot better if it's like a, a relative, like brother or sister or nephew, niece or something like that. That would be a lot more easier to swallow for me <laughs> than having a granddaughter or a daughter. But the ultimate would be a Force Ghost uh, cameo appearance or something. 
Yeah, well, now I'll have to go back and find where I read this, but this was going around just recently, too, that um, they were saying that there might be an appearance by the Force Ghost of Yoda in Episode Seven, and that he would yeah. be the one to reveal to Luke Skywalker whatever this new threat is going to be in the new trilogy, and that uh, that would sort of set the whole thing off. And then they were saying that there might also be force ghost and or hologram appearances of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, or Mace Windu that could either be like, um, you know, holograms in the new Jedi temple or have them return as force ghosts or something like that. Um, just that would allow for sort of a cameo for those characters to return. Yeah. I remember reading that too, but, uh, honestly, I thought, source where it came from doesn't have the best reputation i mean amongst uh, reporting news or rumors i mean you really can't trust any of these until they're confirmed but that one really is like one of the worst as far as having a track record for that so i mean anything's possible but we'll see i mean it's kind of standard speculation by now i mean we talked about this a few episodes ago about the potential of having too many force ghosts in a movie so I'm sure there'll be one or two, but that many, I don't know. Especially like with Mace Windu and Qui-Gon. Well, Qui-Gon would be cool since he's the one who figured out how to return to the Force Ghost. But yeah, I don't see having all those past Jedi in there. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Mace Windu would be able to come back as a Force Ghost. Yeah, exactly. But um, but see, I do think it might be kind of cool if they have like a new Jedi Temple set up and they have. Um, you know, hologram statues of all the, you know, sort of the greatest Jedi masters of the old Republic era. Um, of course, I'm not talking about the old Republic video game, just sort of the old Jedi order before the empire rose up and all that. So if they had, um, you know, holograms or something of Qui-Gon and Mace Windu and stuff, that could be kind of cool, but I don't think it would really, wouldn't really warrant all this sort of speculation. And like, I would hope they wouldn't make a big deal out of it. You know, like yeah. if they if they showed like a close up shot of it and was like, hey, guys, here's Mace Windu again, like it would kind of feel distracting. I I would rather see that as sort of an Easter egg for the fans who are really paying attention. You know, Luke is walking through the library talking to his son or to Jason Solo or somebody. And in the background, you're like, oh, hey, they put up an, a, a statue of Mace Windu. That's a nice little you know tribute to him and to the prequels and stuff. But I wouldn't want it to be like a hey, look, here's where we put this thing, you know. Yeah, exactly. Just sitting in the movie theater and just as you're watching it, you go, hey, is that what I think it, who I think it is? That's cool. Like something where you're not even expecting to see as you're watching the movie, but then you notice it and you're like, oh, that's a really cool Easter egg or a cool nod to a, one of the old characters. That's how it should be, at least. Yeah. And as for the rumors that uh, it might be a Yoda Force ghost um, talking to Luke instead of Obi-Wan, I thought that kind of i mean i'd rather see obi-wan just because i think he had a closer relationship with luke through the original trilogy but i think it makes more sense to go with yoda because obviously you don't have alec guinness around to portray obi-wan and so you could just do a cgi yoda and have i mean maybe they could get frank oz to do the voice if not get you know tom kane or somebody who can do the voice really close um, I think that might work a little bit better than trying to put Ewan McGregor in old man makeup and hope he looks exactly like Ben Kenobi, except I kind of also would like to see them try that. Um, and, you know, maybe see if it works. I mean, you know, you see a lot of movies nowadays where they do all these 
makeup and effects techniques to make actors look older or younger. And yeah. uh, I mean, I think he is pretty much spot on as an old Obi-Wan. Um, you know, it's obviously kind of hard to tell, like, if he looks exactly how Ben Kenobi would have in his youth. But you can look at those two characters side by side and totally buy it as the same character. Oh, yeah, definitely. So if they I mean, I would just be interested to see if they put him in costume and, put, you know, gave him a gray wig and a gray beard and had him, you know, talk as close to Alec Guinness as he could, you know, see, um you know, how close it would resemble the Obi-Wan from the original trilogy. But maybe that's just more of my curiosity and less of like an actual good idea that would really sell the movie. But uh, I don't know. Or I they, guess they oh, could just ahead. say that Anakin taught him how to look young again. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Obi-Wan special edition. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, okay, let's get to the big one from this Latino review report. <laughs> this one got me pretty fired up when I first read it regarding Boba Fett and his potential standalone film, which we kind of all assume is going to happen eventually. We talked about it on our last episode and how excited we were for it and how awesome it's going to be. But Latino Review is reporting. Now, I actually first heard this on an episode of Rebel Force Radio a long time ago, just as fan speculation. But now this story from Latino Review is a, kind of the first time it's being reported as a rumor or a potential for a Boba Fett movie. But the big thing is that they're saying uh, for the Boba Fett standalone film, which, which we reported last time is going to be written by Lawrence Kasdan, is saying that he wasn't too happy about uh, Boba Fett being a clone in the prequels, and they're pretty much going to do away with that by having in the standalone movie, the clone Boba Fett or the real Boba Fett gets killed by an unknown character, and that person's going to become Boba Fett, and they're going to bring back the whole mystery surrounding Boba Fett, like the man with no name, and you don't know anything about him. And if that ends up being true, I'm actually going to have a big problem with it. I mean, usually I'm somebody who gives movies and stuff like that benefits of the doubt until I actually see it. But going into this movie, if this ends up being true, it's going to be something I'm going to have a hard time with because to me, it's... Okay, here's the thing. If I've seen this movie and this ends up being true where it's, we see the real Boba Fett get killed and this new guy takes over, it's going to be, to me, not a Boba Fett movie because I'm not watching Boba Fett. This is someone who just killed him off and has taken his armor and we're just seeing an imposter. It's kind of like the whole Johto cast thing from the EU back in the 90s comics. Like, that's not what I want to see. George Lucas came up with his backstory, and I know there's tons of fans who don't like it and just wished he would have remained a mystery. I've actually seen a lot of positive reaction to this report. A lot of people like this idea. And I think I might be in the minority <laughs> of someone who's really against it. Because this is a story George Lucas came up with. I mean, if you don't like it, you don't like it. That's fine. But I just don't like seeing it be changed just because they don't like it. I mean, to me, this seems like not a creative standpoint, but just like from a fanboy like, standpoint where, oh, we don't like him being a clone. Let's change it. Okay, we're going to make them happy. And I'm going to make myself happy because I didn't like it. That's all it is. It doesn't seem like it's from a creative standpoint where it's going to make a really cool story if we do this. And maybe it will be, but like I said, if I'm sitting in the theater watching it, I'm not going to be saying, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to be saying, yeah, it's cool, but that's not Boba Fett. I'm not watching a Boba Fett movie. And yeah, this, to me, it almost seems like a slap in the face to Lucas, too, where like, this is a story he created. And even if you don't like it, this is what it is. I mean, 
to me personally, I think it's a great idea. I mean, when you see Clone Wars and see how awesome the clones are, and I just think to myself, yeah, Boba Fett is one of them, the first one, and he's not altered or anything. It's, I don't know, to me, it adds more to his character, really. And I know that's probably just me, and this, I'm sure there's others who like it, but to me, it seems like the majority of like the old school trilogy fans really want him to go back to that man of mystery thing. And uh, yeah, I just really had a hard time with this one when it was first announced. I mean, like I said, I heard speculation before about this idea before. It's like, yeah, okay, just fan speculation. I may not agree with it, but okay, whatever. But yeah, if it actually comes true, I mean, of course I'm going to go see it. I'll probably enjoy it, but there'll just be always this thing in the back of my head saying, uh, that's not really Boba Fett, but I don't know. Where do you stand with this, Kyle? Because I feel like besides me and my brother and my, one of my friends I talked to about that, like we're the only three who feel this way out. This is a bad idea. What do you think? Well, when I first heard it, I was right there with you. I was like, no, nah, this is a bad idea. They're just trying to, you know, it's an excuse to undo what George Lucas did. And, you know, they're doing it just because they can. I mean, obviously we never see Boba Fett in, we, we never see his face in the original trilogy. So it's like, well, we, we do hear know. his voice though, which is, well, exactly. yeah, but they did add that in the special edition, but, um, you know, they so they could say, like, oh, yeah, we don't know for sure he was a clone still in the original trilogy, so we could change it, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, and I, I was like, yeah, I don't want to see them do this just because they can, just because they didn't like the prequels and want to, you know, sort of redo their own version of it. But the more I think about it, the more I think, well, you know what, this could work. And I still don't think I'm, like, firmly on the other side of the fence yet. I'm not like, okay, yeah, I'm totally all for it, but I'm, I'm I'm kind of in the middle on it. I'm not really thinking it's that bad of an idea anymore because I'm like, yeah, this could work if they do it well. Because I think for one thing, it lets them – it, it kind of gives them freedom to – um, I don't know, do what they need to do to make a good movie, I guess. So, for example, if they have somebody who they think would play a really good Boba Fett, but it's not Daniel Logan or Tamara Morrison or somebody who looks a whole lot like them, like, they don't have to sort of restrict themselves to that anymore. They could just pick whoever they think is best for the part. And I think it could just add sort of an interesting twist to the character, to the you know, a character that we still don't know a whole lot about anyways. I mean, just because exactly. we know he's a, just because we know he's a clone from the prequels now, um, we still don't know a whole lot about him, like in between episode three and four. So, I mean, who knows, maybe he did get killed and somebody else took his armor. I'm just hoping, I mean, I, I guess I don't really like the idea where it says a complete stranger just kills him and takes his armor because for some reason, I sort of picture that as just like sort of a random thug, you know, almost Batman style where, you know, it's just sort of like this random homeless guy who shoots his parents and well, it just happens to yeah. turn him into Batman. But, you know, that guy normally would be like totally insignificant. So I'm like, I don't want to see some just random low life on Coruscant who just happens to sneak up behind Boba Fett and shoot him and takes his armor. It's like, exactly. I'm not going to root for that guy in the movie. <laughs> no, I'm not going to root for that guy. But if it's a new character that we don't know anything about, maybe it's a different Mandalorian. Maybe it's a guy who has a grudge against Boba Fett for some reason. As long as the guy who takes over is an interesting character, I could get behind that. Um, and, you know, I kind of realized that once I thought a little bit more about it, I was like, well, they're not going to really have some totally pointless, boring character kill Boba Fett, because that would just be dumb. But if they have a really 
intriguing, interesting character in that role, I could be okay with it. So I feel like I say this a lot, but it's one of those things where depending on how they go with it, it could turn out really bad or really good. But I think it's an interesting idea. I think it's at least worth a second thought just because it's, you know, them doing something new and unexpected. And, um, you know, I can respect that just from a storytelling and uh, filmmaking standpoint, I'm kind of like, okay, well, if they did do that, I'd kind of be interesting to, I'd be interested to see where they go with it. And it could go badly, or if they know what they're doing and they do it well, it could turn out kind of cool. Yeah, but here's the thing. They want Boba Fett to be a mystery again when we don't know anything about him. So whoever this new character is going to be, we're not going to know if he's some low life or if he has a cool backstory or somebody we can root for. Because this is what I'm picturing when I first saw this. I'm just picturing like, oh, Old Boba Fett gets like killed in his sleep or something, and this we don't see the person who does it. We just see a blaster shot go off, and someone in the shadows takes the armor, and we never see his face. And it's like, okay, well, how, how are we supposed to root for this guy then? I mean, if they want to bring the whole mystery stuff back. The only thing I could see it working where is if Boba Fett doesn't get killed by the person who takes his armor. Maybe it's something where Boba Fett dies for another reason maybe they're gonna go like post return of the jedi where he does die in the starlight pit and maybe somebody does the starlight pit spits out his armor or something or the guy gets <laughs> his hands on some mandalorian armor and calls himself boba fett the thing i really have a problem is is someone taking boba fett out and taking on the identity it'd probably sit better with me if it's like i said boba fett dies in some unrelated reason and someone else either finds his mandalorian outfit or inherits it some way from him that, that would work better for me instead of him being taken out by just some random character we're not going to know anything about. Yeah, I could kind of see that working, too, where, you know, like you said, he dies somewhere else. And I had thought about that uh, earlier, too, when as we were talking about something else, kind of that thought crossed my mind of, oh, what if he just died in the Sarlacc pit? And then mm-hmm. some other guy just goes around saying he's Boba Fett and that he survived the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I mean, that could be one interesting way to go with it. But also, I mean, when you're talking about how it's going to be some unknown character that we don't know, I don't think that means we know absolutely nothing about them. And if that's the case, I think that would be a mistake because again, like you said, how are we supposed to root root for this guy if we don't know anything about him? I mean, when you don't know anything about Boba Fett and the Empire Strikes Back, he's a supporting character. He's a minor villain. He's still cool just because he's standing there behind Darth Vader and he's got cool armor on. But if he's going to be the main character carrying a whole movie on his shoulders, you have to know something about him. So I don't think he's going to be a complete stranger. But, I mean, something maybe more like Han Solo in the original trilogy where – I mean, you know who he is now, but you don't know where he came from. You don't know what his backstory is. You don't really know what his motivations are. So they could go back to something like that where, you know, maybe, like I said, it could be some warrior or fellow bounty hunter or Mandalorian or something who's got a grudge against Boba Fett and takes him out. But we don't know, you know, we don't know where this guy grew up. We don't know that he's a clone of Jango Fett and, you know, grew up on Kamino and, you know, whatever else they want to get into. But... Um, I don't know. It, it would be interesting to see how they go with it. But yeah, I do think it would be a mistake to try to just have a cool guy, a guy in some cool looking armor who we know absolutely nothing about, try to carry a whole movie on his shoulders. It's like, we got to know something about this guy. But if we know some stuff about him, but at the same time, he's kind of a mystery and they leave some room for intrigue in there and some discovery, then it could be pretty cool. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, from last our last episode, we were all talking how excited we are for a Boba Fett standalone movie. Now I have some worry about it. It's like a little <laughs> more worried out than excitement. I mean, I'm anxiously awaiting that official press release that we'll eventually get two years or a year from now <laughs> describing the Boba Fett movie. So ah, we shall see. But yeah, this one didn't make me too happy, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, of course, it could be one thing that I also just kind of pictured that would be really cool. I mean, if they do go this route and it's... Uh, you know, whether he's just taking over after Boba Fett fell in the Sarlacc pit or if he really does kill him and takes his armor or something like that. Um, you know, you go through the whole movie and all the other characters around him are like thinking that it's the actual Boba Fett. And then like at the end of the movie, you have somebody go and, you know, go into the Sarlacc pit or go to somewhere, you know, where Boba Fett used to be or something and, and find the original Boba Fett's dead body. And then, you know, it's sort of like this shocking revelation of like, Oh, who is this guy who says he's been Boba Fett this whole time? You know? Yeah. See, that works better, <laughs> better than what they have written here in this rumor, which I'm really hoping is a rumor too. <laughs> That's another thing. If any of our listeners want to chime in and send us an email or on Twitter or Facebook. Let me know if I'm the only one who thinks this way, if I have some other people in my camp who feel the same way, because I want to know. Because I feel like, like I said, just me and two other people were the only ones who are really boned about this, while everyone else is super excited. Yeah, I, don't know. I haven't really talked to a whole lot of other people about it, but I, I, I get the feeling you're not the only one in that camp. <laughs> it sure feels like that, though. <laughs> especially when I'm looking on Twitter and Facebook and certain stuff. <laughs> But I don't know. <laughs> right now, thankfully, it's just the rumor. Yeah, as is most of this stuff. One thing that's not a rumor, though, is that uh, the rap.com said uh, or they've got an article where J.J. Abrams was uh, talking some Star Wars Episode Seven, and he said that they have their script done. Um, and also that he kind of just talked about the recent rumors of uh, about Jesse Plemons and how he was in consideration for casting and was meeting with Abrams and things like that. And so J.J. confirmed that rumor that he has talked to Jesse Plemons and that he's auditioned. Um, yeah, no official casting news yet, but he confirmed our speculation, I guess. That was actually kind of surprising to me. I mean, first of all, it was great to hear that the script is done. <laughs> I mean, a new Star Wars script finished is sitting there somewhere <laughs> pretty soon it's going to go into production but where he comments it actually on uh, uh plemons about meeting with him i was kind of surprised he wasn't coy about that saying well i don't know we met with a lot of different actors and we're still going through casting but we're meeting with a lot of different young actors i mean but he actually said yeah we met with jesse plemons which kind of took me by surprise where he actually called him by name which is not necessarily jj's style i mean knowing how secretive he is with everything so that kind of took me by surprise. Yeah, well, I guess it's a little bit surprising, but at the same time, it's certainly understandable because, and we've said this a bunch of times before, that there's so many names going around and so many people um, you know, auditioning for the movie and meeting with J.J. Abrams and you know, reading for parts and stuff like that, that confirming that you've met with somebody isn't really that big of a deal. Um, you know, he's not confirming that he's given him a role or anything like that. And he also said it was either in this article or another one that he said, you know, no official casting news yet, but we hope to have that soon. And I'm yeah. sure as soon as they've officially, you know, signed contracts and cast their parts and everything, they're going to let us know who's going to be in the movie anyway. So it's not like this needs to be a huge secret. Um, I think he's going to be a lot more secretive with story details and, um, you know, if there are any big secrets in the movie that he's going to try to keep until the movie comes out, 
um, then, you know, certainly I wouldn't expect him to be as open about that. But I don't think the fact that one person has read for a role or come into audition when so many other people have too, it's like that doesn't really seem like it needs to be that big of a secret. I wonder if it uh, helps uh, Jesse Plemons' chance to get in the role or lessens it because it's like you could think about it either way. Like, oh, he mentioned my name. I, hopefully I'm pretty high up on his list. Or you could be thinking like J.J. Uh, Abrams mentioned his name because he knows he's not going to get it. And so that's why I decided, yeah, I'll just mention his name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, this just pops in my head. Like, does actors really think that way? Because I know if that was me and I'm up for that, I would probably look into it all these different ways. Does that mean he really wants me for the part? Or maybe he doesn't want <laughs> me because he's naming me. He knows I'm not going to get it. <laughs> well, I, I think terrified. the fact that he's met with him in person probably makes him feel pretty good about his chances anyways. But uh, I think if anything, this I, I would say this probably gets further from like con confirming it i'm not saying it necessarily helps his chances but if jj was trying to be coy about it like oh we've met you know we've met with a lot of different people when like everybody else is saying like yeah he definitely met with jesse clemens then maybe it's like oh yeah jj's trying to hide the fact that he has cast him already whereas when he's being this open with it it's like yeah i met with him i talked with him so what you know he's just kind of not making a big deal out of it yeah <laughs> Man, I can't tell you how crazy I'd be looking at all the stuff if I was an actor up for a Star Wars movie <laughs> looking for any detail. <laughs> yeah, well, he did say, J.J. said in this article that he finds out that he's meeting with people through reading all these yeah. <laughs> rumors and all this kind of stuff. Or, you know, he said, like, an actor will come in to meet with him and they'll be like, so I read that I'm meeting with you. And J.J.'s like, oh, really? I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> well, we're glad we could help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> It's like all these actors are listening to our podcast, hoping that they hear their name being rumored to have met with J.J. Abrams. You know that's how it is, Kyle. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're getting uh, delusions of grandeur here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then in another article with USA Today, uh, J.J. talks about um, you know, again, just how they've got their script done and uh, says that they're going to start shooting in May in the UK. So um, that's, you know, kind of in line with what we were uh, talking about earlier, how we thought they were going to start filming either in May or maybe end of April. So, uh, yeah, it's right around that same time frame. And, yeah, it's exciting to know that, uh, yeah, the script is done, that pre-production is underway, that they know when they're going to start shooting and it's going to be coming up pretty soon. And that pretty much means that finally, we didn't think it would take this long, but finally in sometime in the next four months between now and May when they start shooting, we should finally get some official casting announcements. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean we've been, like you said, saying it since uh, the fall of last year or 2013, but... I'm calling it right now. I'm guessing sometime in March is when we're going to get the big announcement of the cast. But otherwise, I just have a feeling March is going to be the month. It's like in the middle, like the third month of the year. It's not early where it's January, February, and it's not right at the end when they're going to start filming, which would be April and May. It'll just be smack in the middle. It's, I just have a feeling that that's going to be the month we'll get it. But I have been wrong before because I had a feeling we we're going to get it in November, <laughs> December, and now here we are at the end of January. So yeah. we'll see. Well, now we have a little bit more of a window. It's like we know it's going to be sometime in there. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, when we started this podcast over a year ago, 
in you know November of 2012, if you told me that I, I mean, because right when that happened, there were you know immediately so many rumors going around about whether or not the original cast was going to return, and everybody wanted to interview. Um, you know, Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher about it. And we posted all those video clips to like the late night talk shows where Harrison Ford was doing his thing where he would, uh, you know, every time they'd ask about Star Wars, he'd pretend to go mute or deaf or something. And, you know, he's (laughs) playing all coy about it. And if you had told me back then that we would have to wait, you know, a year and a half almost to actually get any official casting news and finally get answers to these rumors, I would have been like, are you serious? Like we have to wait that long. It would have driven me crazy, but it's been fun to guess and speculate all this time along the way. So here we are. And hopefully finally about to find out. Yeah. We actually better enjoy these last few months of speculation because pretty soon it's going to become official. Yep. Yep. And then we're probably not really going to have a whole lot to speculate on until after they finish shooting and we're looking forward to trailers and stuff. Cause other than that, it's just going to be like, Oh, leaked set photo or leaked script or whatever. And I want to kind of try to stay away from that stuff and not like spoil the movie for myself, but we'll see when we get there. Yeah. We can definitely look forward to when the cast does get announced. Uh, tons of fan posters with those actors. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's got to go back to the glory days of the episode one fan posters. <laughs> I love those times. Well, there are tons of fan posters nowadays anyways. Um, you know, a lot of them are just like artwork or maybe, you know, pictures of ships and stuff like that. But yeah, and shadow figures like in hoods and cloaks where you can't see their faces. But once we get those actors, you're going to see tons of new posters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I have seen some posters already with uh, – pictures of actors just that have been rumored for parts and haven't even been confirmed yet. In fact, a friend of mine posted one on Facebook that he had found um, and it had, I don't even remember who the actors were on there, but I think some of them were ones that we had covered in rumors and stuff before. Um, But he posted it on Facebook and like tagged me and a bunch of other friends of his who were big Star Wars fans. He was like, oh my gosh, look guys, like here's who's going to be in the new movie. And he thought it was all legit. I'm like, dude, (laughs) really? Like if you didn't see it on StarWars.com, then don't get all excited about it. But it is like way too early to be, you know, taking your uh, what you think is official news from just fan posters that are based on rumors. (laughs) I'm curious to see what that one looks like now. Was it actually pretty good where it looked pretty professional or you could just tell right away up? I mean, of course, you know what the fan post but did it have a kind of nice quality to it? I think it had a pretty nice quality to it. Um, but the way the names were laid out on the poster, it was like kind of struck me as, I mean, it looked good, but it was like they, they that's not how they lay out movie posters. Um, especially Star Wars posters. Okay. I was like, that is definitely not official. It's a well-made fan poster, but... that wouldn't fool me on the worst of days. (laughs) It's going to fool any Star Wars fan pretty much. Yeah. And, but again, of course, you know, part of it is because we do this podcast and I pay so much attention to all the news and rumors and stuff going around. And I know a rumor when I see it. And, you know, when I'm like, if I find out the official cast for Star Wars episode seven, it is not going to be from you posting a fan poster on Facebook. (laughs) Trust me, this is not real. (laughs) So, yeah, um, you know, no official stuff yet, but we did uh, also get a little tidbit from Kathleen Kennedy 
Um, and she talked a little bit about the uh, spinoff movies. Actually, this was from an interview that she did. Uh, she and George Lucas went to the grand opening of this new uh, Lucasfilm facility in Singapore. And uh, I had seen pictures of this before. There's kind of some uh, hype, I guess, about this building because it looks like a sand crawler. Yeah, it looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's not like you know, big and brown and rusty and rolling around on wheels. It's nice and shiny and like glass walls and everything. But uh, the overall shape of it, it's like, hey, that's kind of shaped like a sand crawler. But while she and George were at this thing, um, she talked a little bit about the spinoff movies and basically said that they're not going to be directly tied to the main films in the new trilogy. Um, She said the spinoff movies, or we may come up with some other way to call them, they exist within that vast universe that he created. There's no attempt being made to carry characters from the standalone films in and out of the saga episodes. So, I mean, you can kind of interpret that a couple of different ways. um, Because, I mean, if they do like a Boba Fett movie or a Han Solo movie or something like that, we may see those characters in episode seven, eight, nine, whatever. So I don't know if she's trying to say that, like, there won't be any crossover at all between, you know, the characters in those movies. Like, you won't see anybody from Episode 7 in any standalone movie or vice versa. But I don't think that's what she's saying. I think more what she's getting at is just that they're not doing it the same way Marvel is, where it's like, okay, big movie with everybody involved and then a bunch of standalone movies where you see what everybody is up to, like in the aftermath of that or in the meantime or leading up to the next movie. And then you have another big movie that kind of builds off all those individual stories. I think she's just saying that the, the trilogy of seven, eight, nine is going to be its own thing. And that the standalone movies are going to be their own separate stories. And it's not going to try to like fill in gaps in between episodes seven, eight and nine and things like that. It's just going to be separate stories about different characters in different areas of the universe. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly how I looked at it, where, um, like you just said, comparing it to the Marvel formula, that's not how they're going to go about it, where pretty much all the standalone superhero movies are their own thing, but yet there's certain little things in there that are going to all tie into an Avengers movie, which I kind of actually thought they may go that route, because there were some comments from some Disney executive, I forget exactly who it was, if it was Bob Iger or Alan Horn or someone like that, who said, well, yeah, the Star Wars movies are pretty much going to follow the Marvel formula, so it kind of contradicts each other a little bit, but... I tend to go with what Kathleen Kennedy is saying here. But here's the part from her quote that I really like. It says, all this stuff, from the creative standpoint, it's a roadmap that George made pretty clear. So as long as it's all coming from Lucas, I mean, he has it all mapped out and they go with it. That's what's really good. And hopefully he has that Boba Fett story mapped out to how he wants it. (laughs) You mean how Tim wants it. There you go, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I had heard kind of the same thing that, uh, you know, some comments from Disney people and stuff made it seem like they might kind of be following that same Marvel formula. And I think even someone recently said, uh, you know, you can take everything we're doing right now with Marvel and push it two years down the road and substitute the word Marvel for Star Wars, and it's going to be, you know, almost identical. So I was thinking, you know, we might get some standalone movies that take place in between seven, eight, and nine, but I prefer it this way that uh, Kathleen Kennedy is making it sound like because I would rather see them branch out into other characters, other areas of the universe, even other time periods, and we might go back to, you know, having movies about 
standalone characters in the prequel era or sometime before that. This kind of gives me even more hope for like a Knights of the Old Republic movie or a Republic Commando movie or something like that or Force Unleashed. That would be cool to see. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, there, there's still just a ton of ideas they could do for spinoff movies, but I'm glad that they're not restricting themselves to the 789 timeline in that era that they can just kind of go wherever they want and tell whatever good stories they feel like they can come up with come up with within the Star Wars universe. So I'm excited to see how those play out. Yeah, same here. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> now let's just get those announcements, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're probably going to get, you know, more Episode 7 stuff before we get any uh, announcements about the next movies. No, I want it all now. One big announcement, one grand day before <laughs> they announce everything. <laughs> Yeah, Bonus Tim just wants a. Stuff, why don't you just like send send Tim a novella that you know includes <laughs> like the plot synopsis for seven, eight, nine, all the actors that are going to be in it, everybody who's directing it, and you know while you're at it, include episode descriptions for every episode of Rebels and every idea that you're using for a spinoff film and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that way I'll be able to sleep peacefully at night. I won't be able to <laughs> worry about all this stuff when I go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, you see guys, you're keeping Tim up at night. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the last episode seven, remember, we mentioned this already, but um, it's just Carrie Fisher going off and saying that, yeah, we're going to be in it. And uh, I can't imagine being the Lucasfilm PR person who's got to try to rein her in. Although I don't know that they're even trying to at this point because we've heard her <laughs> say before that she's going to be involved and then – Later, you hear either somebody from Lucasfilm or like Carrie Fisher's personal representative or assistant or something being like, no, actually, we haven't confirmed anything yet. Or she was just joking or blah, blah, blah. And they try to cover it up. But I haven't heard anything in the aftermath of this comment. It's like this is pretty much like the worst kept secret in Hollywood in Hollywood at this point is the way I described it to a friend of mine recently. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you would think if they were really concerned about Carrie Fisher not saying anything they would just announce it already like when i saw this okay ooh, maybe carrie fisher talking about it, it's gonna push them to get that announcement <laughs> made even sooner but yeah i mean nothing new from carrie fisher of course she said this back i think when it was first announced like a month after or something like that she's been saying this so yeah i mean it's like 99.9 percent point another nine percent that they're gonna be in <laughs> point another nine percent <laughs> <laughs> like we're just all we're waiting for is that post on starwars.com that's it <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean especially the the main point that makes this such a sure conclusion for me in my head at this point is that we've had pretty much no denials about this yeah I mean, we haven't had any official confirmation yet and Heck, even uh, lucas has said it <laughs> yeah yeah right? i mean he's ago talked about, you know, how he met with those guys to try to get them involved and stuff. And, um, you know, so we haven't had any official confirmation yet, but we've heard a lot of rumors and a lot of speculation and a lot of people saying, yeah, they're going to be in it. And even a lot of people just writing different articles and things and uh, pretty much stating this as if it's fact and they're just assuming that it's going to happen at this point. And, you know, Lucasfilm and Disney and all those guys still haven't um, – you know, officially backed it up, but at the same time, they haven't denied any of it. They haven't said, no, it's not going to happen. Um, they haven't even really tried to cover it up and say, well, no, we haven't decided yet, anything like that. In fact, the only person I've heard c 
kind of going the other direction is Mark Hamill, who has said, yeah. like, you know, we I haven't seen a contract or a script yet, and, you know, I still don't know, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I don't know. But we haven't heard anybody say, no, this isn't true. It's not going to happen. So you would think if it was false that J.J. Abrams or Kathleen Kennedy or somebody would be like, hey, let's put the kibosh on all that you know, nonsense talk going around like this movie isn't going to be about Luke Skywalker. Like we all pretty much know at this point it is. So exactly. Just, I mean. Now we just wait for that other zero point zero point one percent. Yes, that's all we're waiting for. <laughs> yeah, but so that's Carrie Fisher, and then actually I lied. I said this was the last episode seven rumor but uh you've got one more right from uh the full of sith podcast yeah on their latest episode from last week they uh came out with a rumor saying that maybe mon mothma might be in episode seven and might be played by judy dench which i only know judy dench from the bond films <laughs> i know she's a well-established actress and really good one but i could actually see that working if mon mothma is going to be in episode seven i mean who knows how big of a role she's going to be in it i wouldn't imagine it being too big but i could see judy dent playing an older mon mothma yeah i could totally see that too um i mean she's one of those characters that i haven't really thought much about and wasn't really expecting her to be in the new movies but if they do go that way i think that's a you know, fine casting choice. I mean, like he, pretty much like you, I only have, I think I've only seen her in James Bond movies. Um, and I might've seen her in some other stuff, but I think she just got nominated for an Academy Award this year. I could be yeah. wrong, but, um, you know, so obviously, yeah, like you said, she's well-established. She's definitely a, a good actress and, um, I think would fit the part pretty well if they did decide to have an older Mon Mothma in this movie. Yeah, maybe they could plan another spinoff of movies of the big three from Return of the Jedi, Mon Mothma, Admiral Akbar, and General Maydeen, older <laughs> in the sequel trilogy. <laughs> or how much of a demand there'd be for stories about them. <laughs> I'm sure Admiral Akbar would be a lot of fans. Yeah, I think Akbar would be light years ahead of the other two in yeah. terms of you know how many fans would want to see him in a movie. <laughs> Hey, don't sell uh, General Maydeen short. <laughs> of course, now that I mention it, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if we could see an older Admiral Akbar in Episode 7, too. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if Mon Calamari age, <laughs> if you could tell if they're old or not. They just look the same. They, they start to stink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see the Rebel or the New Republic all together, and then Admiral Akbar's in a corner all by himself. <laughs> to be around <laughs> they have to keep him in a fridge. Yeah. <laughs> Or the back the tank the whole time. <laughs> yeah, but, there's a, um, there's a rumor we should start going. <laughs> <laughs> start a petition for an Akbar spinoff movie. Yeah, yeah, and of course you know, like somehow it's got to be a trap. Oh, of course that's gonna be the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but all right, so that's the uh, the last of the episode seven casting rumors uh, that we've got for now um and then we've got uh i hate to come keep coming back to this but more sad news about star wars 1313 i mean i think we've pretty much all said our goodbyes by now at this point but we pretty much got the final nail in the coffin this week which is that um i mean obviously lucasfilm and disney uh owned the trademark to star wars 1313 and you have to like renew trademarks every once in a while and the time came back around to renew the trademark on that title and Disney 
declined to renew the trademark. So it's like, yeah, at this point, they're definitely not doing anything more with that project. Or at least if they are, they're not calling it Star Wars 1313. So it's like any hope that we had of seeing that game again is, you know, I don't know how much more dead it could get at this point. Yeah, I mean... Like you said, I mean, we we're talking earlier before we started record- recording. You had the perfect word for it. This is the tombstone for thirteen thirteen. Yeah, where there could have been that small bit of hope where another developer could take on what was already done, but it was really unlikely. And now with this news, yeah, it's dead. As dead yeah. as could be. And especially when it's been almost a year since it got canceled, it's like if somebody was going to do something with it, they probably would have done it by now. Yeah. So. The hope, the hope is gone now. There will be a no, no new hope for 1313. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there will be a new hope, which will be a new game. Yeah, there right. you go. Yeah. But well, thankfully we got Battlefront eventually to come. Yes, yes. And Star Wars Attack Squadrons, which one of us may or may not have been invited to the closed beta test of and may or may not, not be able to say anything about, but... Um, it may or may not actually look like a surprisingly good game for a web-based, you know, free-to-play game that you just play on your internet browser. I have no comment on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but uh, it's it's good to know that we've still got more Star Wars games coming up. Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah, and then one other thing that's sort of not really movie-related, but... um, this actually kind of carries over from our continuity talk from last week, but there's a, uh, a new series of novels that was being planned called Sword of the Jedi, and apparently that series has been uh, put on hiatus. I'm not sure if any of those books had already come out, if it was still on the first one and they were just planning it as a series. Um, I actually hadn't heard anything about this book series until I heard that it got postponed, but... Um, it seems like for the time being, they're kind of putting this on hold because of the whole continuity rehashing, I guess. I don't know what you want to call it, reorganizing going on right now, um, which is kind of unfortunate for the author of the novel and for any fans who are looking forward to reading it. But at the same time, I can totally understand sort of the thought process behind it if they've got all this material to sort through and decide you know what's canon what's not and just sort of placing everything in order they don't want somebody else coming and like throwing new stories into the mix you know it's like while you're trying to sort out a pile of mail and somebody else comes in and like dumps more on top of it while you're sorting it it's like hang on just let me sort all this first so um you know i think they're just waiting to get everything all figured out before they start i don't know putting out new stuff to add to that yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the whole thing with Karen Travis's uh, Republic Commando novels that caused a whole big controversy when the man, the first Mandalorian arc from Clone Wars was going to air. Yeah, yeah, I thought the kinda, exact same thing. Yeah, where she couldn't do it the way she wanted and she didn't end up finishing up and all that. But it looks like this one's going about it in a better way. I think the author kind of has a good attitude towards it because I believe she tweeted about it. And I'm kind of blanking on her name right now. But like, kind of like you, I wasn't really too aware of these books that were coming out. So, but it does make perfect sense. I mean, now that we got the new story group and they're going to do things, especially in this era now, it's going to be in the sequel trilogy. This is kind of the stuff we can be expecting now from the post Return of the Jedi EU story. So, not a big surprise, but it's kind of our first, uh, I don't want to, I guess, casualty, if you want to say, of an EU story that's not going to see the light of day now because of the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Well, and it could still see the light of day too. I mean, it's just on hold for now. And, um, 
so you know maybe they'll just release it once they get the whole continuity planned out maybe they'll have her make some changes to it um and the author's name is uh, christy golden by the way i just okay. looked that up i i remember um the first time i saw the article it just said golden colon sort of the jedi book trilogy on hold and when i first saw it i thought that was the whole name of the book i was like golden sort of the jedi that could be interesting. <laughs> I was like, oh that's the author's name <laughs> so um but yeah i mean i i kind of had the same thought that you did about um karen travis with the republic commandos and the um, mandalorians being introduced in clone wars but then again maybe that's part of the reason they're doing this whole continuity thing in the first place because I don't think, at least from what I heard, I don't think anybody at Lucasfilm told Karen Travis, like, hey, you have to stop making these books because they don't match up with Clone Wars. I think they were going to allow her to keep writing those books. And I could be mistaken, but it seems like, you know, she had free reign to keep writing those books. And she just got mad that there was sort of, you know, official, you know, G-level canon stuff coming out that contradicted what she was writing in her books. And so she was like, well, yeah. why am I even going to bother wasting my time with this anymore if you guys are just going to retcon all of it? So I think, you know, now there won't be, like, that won't happen again because everything is going to line up now. And, you know, it'll either be canon or it's not, and it's not going to be, like, these different levels of canon and something in a higher level could override it. So... Um, you know, it'll be good to, uh, you know, not have sort of conflicts like that in the future. Yeah. Like we said in our last episode, it's definitely a good thing. I mean, I can't wait for the day and we're pretty much almost there where everything that comes out in Star Wars is going to be all in one canon, which is going to be nice. So, yeah. yeah. It's all for the better. Yeah. And like I said, it might go through a bit of a rough transition period now, but it's definitely going to be a good thing in the future. And this is one case of something where, you know, it's a bit of a hiccup right now, but when it's you know, years down the road and we're looking back on it and all the new Star Wars stories are all lining up and making sense and we don't have to worry about stuff contradicting and what's canon and what's not, I think it's all going to be a good thing. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be a lot easier for us fans, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, let's see. So, yeah, go, moving on to our animation stuff. Um, this is another rumor from Latino Review, and I think of all the Latino Review rumors that we've heard so far, this one is probably the one that I'm most like, well, I hope this ends up being true, which is that uh, they're reporting that uh, Pixar is going to get their own Disney animated film to work on. Um, and I'm like, heck yeah, let them do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows what they'll do, but just anything from Pixar with Star Wars is probably going to be amazing. And I can actually picture them doing something like the Young Jedi arc. Going that route, I mean, like I said, they could do anything, but that's something that popped into my head when I first saw this. And it, I think this is probably something we could have expected from the get-go, but, you know, Pixar always has lots of products already in development, so this might be something that's way down the road, but I think it's pretty safe to say that eventually, I don't know if it'll be a full-length movie or a short or something, but Disney, Pixar will probably get their crack at the Star Wars story pretty soon. Yeah, and I mean, if not Pixar, I've had this thought before, too, that, oh, if they're doing all these standalone films, they could do an animated one, and, you know, Pixar could do it, or Lucasfilm Animation could do it, because, um, I mean, I was really excited for the Clone Wars movie that came out back in 2008, and that one was, I mean, it was pretty good for their first their first effort, which, like, I mean, that was the first thing they ever made, and yeah. they weren't planning to have it be a theatrical release, and then it was uh, Warner Brothers and Cartoon Network who 
saw it and were like, oh, this is great. We should screen it. And Dave Filoni was like, um, I don't know about this. Like, it's not that good. We're just getting started. But, uh, and, you know, so of course when that movie, movie, (laughs) when that movie came out, you know, it was pretty good, but couldn't hold a candle to like the stuff that Pixar is doing at the time, just because that's such a more experienced and uh, well-versed, you know, animation studio. And they've just got such a more impressive resume of, animated films but after watching how the clone wars has evolved over five seasons i'm like i would love to see those guys get to take another crack at doing an animated film and if they get to take more time with it and put more detail into it and you know sort of conceive it from the beginning as a feature film and not a tv show and they have sort of a bigger budget to work with and just like i said putting into practice all these new techniques that they've learned over the past five years they could make a really good movie but I also think, um, you know, Pixar doing an animated Star Wars movie, like, I mean, Pixar hardly ever goes wrong. Um, I mean, I haven't seen any of the Cars movies, but, like, those are the only Pixar movies I think that I've heard any sort of negative reaction to, Um, especially Cars 2, which people are like, oh, Pixar's running out of ideas, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, most of their movies I've seen have been really good. So if they get to take on a Star Wars movie, I would be all in for that. Yeah, just going back to what you were saying about... uh... Lucasfilm animation and the Clone Wars being seen a movie from then. I mean, you and me have both seen theatrical screenings of some Clone Wars stories, and when you're watching them, like you don't even think they're TV series. You just think you're watching a really awesome Star Wars movie. So yeah, even yeah, if it's going to uh, be animated by Lucas Animation or Pixar, I mean, it's still going to be a really cool Star Wars experience to see in a theater. Yeah, that Night Sisters trilogy arc from the season three that we got to yeah. do a special screening of. Yeah, if you thought the Clone Wars movie was good, like, if you ever get to see, well, you probably won't get to see it now, but, I mean, getting to see some of those, uh, you know, episodes from the later seasons on the big screen was just awesome. And then when we got to be at Celebration uh, 6, me and uh, Mike and Jason and some other guys, and, you know, watching the uh, the premiere of Season 5 and the finale of Season 4 and seeing those on the big screen, I mean, that was really cool too and i mean just yeah just anytime you get to see that kind of stuff on the big screen and just see all the expansiveness of the star wars universe and the lightsaber fights and the action and all that stuff you know it's always just bigger and better on the big screen so i am definitely looking forward to seeing uh if pixar gets to do that you know being able to see that would be awesome oh yeah definitely i mean uh maybe even I mean, we're talking about how we probably won't see any more Clone Wars theatrical screenings. And you never know. Maybe they'll have a special screening for some of the bonus content stuff. But maybe they'll do more for Rebels, too. Uh, hopefully they'll do at least the premiere, like certain special premieres they have for seasons of the Clone Wars they do. I'm kind of hoping they continue that with Rebels. Like Just like you said, anything Star Wars on the big screen is just an awesome experience, animated or live action. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe instead of those animated shorts that they show before Pixar movies, maybe instead they should just start showing, like, Rebels episodes. Yeah, that'd be cool. (laughs) (laughs) Or just create brand new shorts, anything. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I definitely hope we get an opportunity to see that. But then getting into some actual uh, Rebels news speculation kind of stuff we did have uh some new details come out in the latest star wars insider just kind of giving an update on the production and saying how they're underway with um the lighting and the sound design and the animation and the voice acting and all that kind of stuff they're uh well underway with the first season um and uh we've got a article from entertainment weekly where uh simon kinberg went uh, pretty in depth and talking a lot about um 
just sort of the influence of the show and uh, what it's like for him to work on it and um, how it's going to be different from Clone Wars and just sort of the look and feel of the show. So that was a really good read. Yeah, it was really good. I'm actually kind of surprised he went into as much stuff as deeply as he did. I mean, he got into talking about the tone of the series and even the question was asked, like, how dark can you go on Disney XD? He's out saying how uh, thematically and politically we're going to go into some dark places because we're dealing with the Empire and stormtroopers like oppressing different planets around the galaxy. So, and, But then he says, like, for the look of the movie, we're taking our cues from the original trilogy. So, yeah, I think people worried about how since it's going to be on Disney XD, it's going to be more light in tone and maybe more kid-friendly. I think it's going to be a nice balance of both, like, not necessarily, like, too dark content, but adult content that it's not going to be dumbed down for, like, a younger audience or anything like that. It's going to be a nice balance of the of two. Yeah, but, well, the other thing he says in the, like, in this article, though, is um, he says is in terms of not just the look but also the tone and feel, it's probably going to be closest to A New Hope where it's just sort of, like, fun, swashbuckling action type thing. So it does seem like it might not go too dark, I mean, he does say that they'll go to some dark places because obviously the galaxy is being oppressed by the Empire and you have to show that. But I I kind of get the feeling that they won't go as dark as they did on Clone Wars or at least not as often as they did in the later seasons with you know Darth Maul and Cad Bane and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's going to feel less like they're dumbing it down for kids and more like that style of star Wars just sort of fits more with Disney. If that makes sense. Like if it's just, you know, characters running around having fun adventures and it still feels like star Wars and it feels like original trilogy star Wars, where it's like a new hope and the characters are sort of having these adventures and, you know, on the run from the empire and they're sort of in peril and, you know, in some serious situations, but you kind of always feel like they're going to be okay and they're going to get out of it. And it's more just sort of entertaining than, you know, dark or scary or anything else. I think that would, I think that style sort of fits better on Disney, but at the same time, isn't necessarily going to feel like, Oh, they're just dumbing it down for Disney. Yeah. That's the perfect way. <laughs> so I got it really, I kind of felt the same way when reading this, but the best question that was asked, but not necessarily answered was that uh, is Darth Vader and the Emperor in the show, and will the original voice talent being used for them? But of course, you know Simon Kinberg is not going to answer that. But he did give the he didn't give a no. He just said, "I don't think I'm allowed to answer that. I could say that whatever possible we would want to use the original talent. So that's not a no. I mean, we're all wondering that Darth Vader and Palpatine are going to have a presence in the show and just how much of a presence they're going to be. Are they going to be this in the background? We don't see them just make small appearances here and there, but I still think we're going to see both of them eventually. Maybe they're saving them for the season finale or something like that. But I think it's pretty safe to say we'll see them somewhere in Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. I can't imagine not seeing them. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's pretty much a guarantee, at least Darth Vader. Um, And the Emperor will probably, I mean, I still think we'll probably see him too, but it'll probably be a lot less frequently. um, Because I think the whole purpose behind them creating this Inquisitor character as the main villain is so that they wouldn't overuse Darth Vader and have him be, you know, the regular villain on a weekly basis. I think they want to sort of keep it to where Vader is... um, you know, obviously one of the most revered movie villains of all time. You don't want to sort of demote him to just being like 
the the regular cartoon villain that you see every Saturday morning, um, especially if it's going to be especially if it's going to be a tone a show that's sort of lighter in tone where. Um, you know, that probably means that the heroes are going to win a lot of the time or at least get away from the bad guys. So you don't want to make it look like Vader's incompetent and can't catch this bunch of young heroes that keep getting away from him. So they probably just didn't want to overuse Vader. So they're like, OK, we'll create this Inquisitor guy and he'll be the one that we're seeing all the time. But I kind of picture it like Vader's going to be the guy that this guy reports to. Kind of like on the Clone Wars where you would always see General Grievous taking orders from Count Dooku. It's like the Inquisitor is going to be the General Grievous of this show and Darth Vader is going to be the Count Dooku. Where we don't see him as often, but I'm sure he'll still be there. Yeah, and then hopefully we'll see the Inquisitor fail Vader for the last time and (laughs) (laughs) take care of some of himself. Of course, the Inquisitor's got a lightsaber. So if he fails Vader for the last time, he's not just going to sit there and let himself get force choked. He might try to put up a fight, which could be really cool if the track record of Sith versus Sith lightsaber duels in the Clone Wars is any indication. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We'll be guaranteed a cool fight. Hey, let's get Palpatine in that fight sequence, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I'm sure we'll see Palpatine every once in a while, you know, pulling the strings from the shadows. Yeah, I wonder if it'll if Palpatine is in it, who will be his voice actor. If they'll still use Tim Curry or not, or they'll get someone else. Yeah, well, you know that's an interesting thing that he said um, that they're going to try to use like the original talent as much as possible, or at least that they would like to. It's like, does that mean they're going to try to get Ian McDermott and James Earl Jones and people like that to try to voice their animated series? I wouldn't (laughs) think so, but it could be interesting. I mean, my top pick, you know, if I were in their position, I would try to get the guy who voiced Vader in The Force Unleashed um, because I think that was a pretty spot-on Vader voice without being, you know, James Earl Jones himself. And then for Palpatine, I would probably... I mean, Tim Curry could do a good job. I know a lot of people didn't like his Palpatine in the Clone Wars, but we never really got to hear him as Darth Sidious. Yeah. And I might have I might have said this before, but if you watch The Lawless, the last episode with uh with Palpatine in it, and they dedicate that episode to um Ian Abercrombie, who played Palpatine through most of the Clone Wars series and passed away around the time that they recorded that episode, but he had already recorded most of it. But if you listen carefully, I think Palpatine's last line of that um, of that episode where he's like shocking Darth Maul with the force lightning and Maul's begging for his life. And Palpatine says, don't worry, I'm not going to kill you. I have other uses for you. And then he just starts cackling as he's blasting Maul with force lightning. I'm like 95% sure that that's Tim Curry because it sounds pretty similar to Ian Abercrombie's, you know, evil Darth Sidious voice, but it's, just kind of deeper and has this more, I don't know, has more, uh, I think the best way I can describe it is that it has a richer texture to it. Mm. And it gives me chills every time I watch that episode, like with headphones on on my computer and really listen to it. I'm like, holy crap, that is just a really good evil voice. Um, And I cannot wait to hear some more of that if we do get to see Tim Curry as Emperor Palpatine, because I can see why some people might not have liked him as the Chancellor, but I think he, you know, because unfortunately the show got canceled, and I don't know if we're going to see Darth Sidious at all in the bonus content episodes, but I think we missed missed out on an opportunity to get a really good evil 
you know, Sith Palpatine voice. And that's interesting that you say that, because like you said, that's an awesome delivery of that line from the last episode of The Wallace, but I never really picked up if it was Tim Curry or not, because to me it sounded almost like Ian Abercrombie, but I'll have to see it again to see if I pick up on it or I notice the difference. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds close to Ian Abercrombie. It's not like, oh, wow, his voice just totally changed, but... Like I said, it, it sounds similar, and yet it's different enough to everything else I've heard him do as Emperor Palpatine. And I think I also heard in an interview, you know, Dave Filoni was talking about how they lost Ian Abercrombie and said, um, I, I don't think, you know, he didn't specifically say that he had completed recording that entire episode. I think he said something like he, you know, that luckily he had already recorded most of the episode or something. And he, you know, he didn't specifically say that, um, oh yeah, we had Tim Curry come in and record a couple extra lines or something like that. Obviously they just wanted to, you know, pay respect to Ian Abercrombie at the time and, uh, you know, mourn his passing and talk about how much he meant to the show and everything. But he didn't specifically say that he recorded that whole episode. So I thought, okay, you know, maybe he didn't want to mention it at the time, but maybe they had to have somebody fill in a couple extra lines. So I'm pretty sure, like, every, the more and more I listen to it, like, every time I've watched that episode, I get more and more sure every time. Like, I think that's Tim Curry. Yeah, well, they did it for the episode Revival, the season five premiere, at the last uh, sequence where Palpatine's talking to Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Anakin. <laughs> that one sequence that Tim Curry, forget the exact line, but it was different from the Ian Abercrombie. They just, like, sliced it in there real slightly. <laughs> yeah, except that one, I, uh, that one bugs me. Yeah, you can um, tell. Because that is definitely noticeable. And I'm like, really? That's the best you could do? Because, I mean, even though his voice sounds different, it just doesn't even sound like they did that good of a job sort of mixing it in or, you know, recording it at the same quality or something. I mean, it, it almost sounds like he recorded it on his phone or something and they just kind of like slapped <laughs> the dialogue in there. Um, it's it to me that's pretty distracting. But in this one at the end of the lawless, it's like it sounds like a really good evil Palpatine voice. Yeah, obviously it's really good because I didn't really pick up on it being somebody different. But yeah, because it was really great how it was delivered. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if we do get to hear more of that, it would be awesome. Or I've said this before too that I mean, Sam Witwer, I thought just nailed Emperor yeah. Palpatine in the Force Unleashed. So if he came back to do that voice in Rebels, I would not complain about that either. Or they can just get Jason Hunt from the Wampus There podcast to do it, because he does a pretty <laughs> awesome Darth Sidious Palpatine too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would be ecstatic about that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's all the stuff we've got on Rebels. And, uh, I mean, if you want to read this full article from Simon Kinberg, it's on Entertainment Weekly. We've got a link to it on our Twitter uh, Twitter page and it's a pretty good read so I mean if you're looking forward to Rebels as much as we are and you haven't read this article yet I'd recommend going through and reading the whole thing um, and then lastly last but not least Definitely we've got least. <laughs> more rumors about the Clone Wars bonus content um, and this is a lot of information that we don't have confirmed yet but this is all coming from um what is this like? Is this Germany, I think, right? Yeah, it's from Germany. Uh, one of their cable channels has gotten all this information from when they're going to premiere the bonus content pretty much over there, which yeah. gets me thinking, are they going to get it first before we do? <laughs> I certainly hope not, because I really don't want to have to download these episodes online and watch them in lesser quality than I could get them on my computer. 
Yeah, because um, you know there's these are first in Germany and not over here. And you think Lucasfilm's going to want to avoid that. That You know there's going to be other ways to get these episodes downloaded from the internet before they're actually airing over here. So, like I said, I'm kind of hoping everybody gets it around the same time so they can avoid all that stuff. But Yeah. And, I mean, it's weird because we've got these reports coming in from Germany and then there was, what, that convention in, like, Poland where they yeah. showed a trailer for it. I'm like... Why is this, like, a big international thing? I don't know. Maybe they're having, like, rights issues with it over Cartoon Network in the U.S. I hope that's not the case. But That could be true. But... Yeah, but, I mean, listening to Dave Filoni talk about it, I've kind of realized, as far as, like, the cancellation of the show goes, you know, we always thought, oh, was it George Lucas? Was it Kathleen Kennedy? Was, the, was it the people at Disney? Was it Dave Filoni? It sounds, I mean, the more and more interviews I hear Dave Filoni talk about it, the more and more it sounds like it might have just been Cartoon Network deciding to cancel it. And uh, he said that, like, at the beginning of season five, they didn't know that Disney was going to buy out Lucasfilm and they didn't know that season five was going to be the last season of the show. But he already had a strong feeling that it might be the last season of the show on Cartoon Network. And they weren't really sure how the show was going to continue on after that. And so it seems like maybe Cartoon Network canceled it and then Disney took that opportunity to like, well, you know, because Ahsoka left and the season five premiere worked pretty well as a you know, sort of makeshift series finale. It's like, why don't we just put this show, you know, <laughs> take it away for now and, uh, you know, just put, make our own show instead and come up with Rebels. But, um, I don't know. Anyway, getting back to these, uh, reports from Germany. They've got a list of all the episodes in the bonus content and uh they're also saying that it's supposed to start airing February 15th. And um I don't know if we want to read all these descriptions, but here I'll read you the names of the episodes and we've got the first four are the clone the arc with the clone troopers in order 66 and uh the episodes are called Unknown, Conspiracy, Fugitive and Orders. So that's a four-episode arc. Then we've got the three Clovis episodes that we've heard about, um, An Old Friend, The Rise of Clovis, and Crisis at the Heart. Those were supposed to be in season five, so we'd already seen descriptions for those. Um, and then we've got The Disappeared Part 1 and The Disappeared Part 2, which uh, this is a new one that we hadn't heard yeah. about before, except in a recent interview that I read with Dave Filoni, or I think this was in a post that he posted on his Facebook and Twitter where, you know, occasionally he'll just give out an update for his fans and say, like, hey, here's what we're working on, blah, blah, blah. And he didn't really give any specific details, but he did mention um, something about, like, a couple episodes in the bonus content that would wrap up or, you know, be like a nice tribute to some prequel era characters or we'd get to see them one last time. Well, it turns out those prequel era characters are Mace Windu and Jar Jar Binks who are going to be <laughs> teamed up on a mission together. And, um, you know, at first you might be like, wow, that seems like an odd pairing. I think that could be comedy gold. Oh yeah. If, <laughs> if they have, I mean, as long as they have Ahmed best back as Jar Jar Binks and not BJ Hughes, oh, who, yeah. perf, you know, did the infamously bad performance of Jar Jar Binks in season one of the Clone Wars. Um, although Ahmed best did the part in uh bombad Jedi, which was the first episode we saw Jar Jar in. And then I think he was in, three more episodes of season one, like the Gungan general and, um, no, not even, that's where BJ Hughes took over. 
Oh well, yeah, yeah. Oh no, sorry. That's what I meant. Is oh, okay. the, just that there were three more Jar Jar episodes, but without Ahmed Best, it was okay. um, the Gungan General and uh, Mystery of a Thousand Moons and Blue Shadow Virus. Yeah. And uh, those all had Jar Jar Binks in them, voiced by a mysterious entity known as <laughs> B.J. Hughes. Because, I mean, if you look this guy up online or anything, like, it seems like he doesn't exist. Everybody's like, who the heck is this guy? And I've heard speculation that it was Dave Filoni doing the voice and he was just, like, using an alias because he didn't want people to know it was him. I don't know if that's true or not, but whoever it was, it makes me cringe every time I hear it. And I remember the, when I- first saw that episode i said uh, who'd have thought i'd miss the real charge our voice <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i'm sure a lot of people probably said that but um but then ahmed best came back in uh i think season three and four they had a couple episodes with jar jar in them and you know, he came back to do the voice again, and I was like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. So if they've got uh, Ahmed Best back as Jar Jar, and as long as they write him well, because I think in the last couple episodes he was in, I feel like they really wrote his part well, and he wasn't just this bumbling buffoon getting in everybody's way, but that his sort of the comedic aspects of his character actually sort of serviced the story, especially in um, what was the one, Shadow Warrior, where he's like negotiating with General Grievous. Yeah, that was, his, that was probably the he, best Jar Jar moment ever. <laughs> yeah, he's just sort of stalling for time and, uh, you know, Grievous is getting real annoyed with him. But it's like they actually made good use of the character there. So if they make good use of the character in these two episodes and it's, uh, you know, Jar Jar teamed up with Mace Windu, I'm like, that could be really funny. Um and, of course, one thing we have to point out, too, is that all these episode descriptions are, you know, haven't been confirmed by Lucasfilm yet, so still take it with a grain of salt. But from what I've read, these all sound pretty legit. So yeah. for now, I'm operating under the assumption that these are the episodes we're getting for the bonus content. And then the yeah, last and then the last four episodes on here are The Lost One, Voices, Destiny, and Sacrifice. And those are the episodes in the Yoda arc. And it says it starts out with uh, the discovery of Sifo-Dyas' lightsaber, and then it has uh, the Jedi start hunting for clues about Sifo-Dyas and try to figure out more about that. And so Sidious sends Palpatine or sends Dooku to go and uh, you know try to cover up all the traces of it. And then Yoda starts hearing the voice of Qui Gon Jinn and tries to go investigate where that's coming from and so seems like that'll be a pretty cool arc involving you know some mysteries of the force and that sort of thing um now there there's sort of a good sort of an upside and a downside to this um the downside is that we don't see any episodes in here about boba fett or cad bane or anything like that but the upside is that with those two episodes with mace windu and jar jar in there we do get more episodes than we originally thought we might so we've got the four episode arc about the clone troopers, the four episodes with Yoda, the three Clovis episodes and the, you know, those extra two episodes that brings us to 13, if I'm doing my math correctly. So, um, seems like we'll definitely get a good chunk of what would have been season six and we'll get quite a few episodes. Yeah. The way I think it pretty much adds up to is we're not going to get two arcs and pretty much now we know what those arcs are the Boba Fett Cad Bane arc, which is really disappointing, and then the Darth Maul arc that we're going to get the Comic-Con. So, um, yeah, this kind of adds up to what we've been hearing, kind of more than 10, but not quite as much as a full season. It's a little more than half, I would say, and 
I'm kind of, if this all ends up being true, and like you said, I'm pretty much viewing this as pretty legit also, because the descriptions for the Clovis arcs pretty much match what they were released originally back when season five was coming out. And I believe I read somewhere too that the channel that was supposed to premiere on in Germany, Super RTL, is that somehow Disney is involved with them. Like it's either owned by Disney or Disney has some type of like stock in that channel. So kind of just adds more to the how these could be official uh, content for this Clone Wars episode. So, and just reading them uh, <laughs> just makes me want to get this announcement so bad because it just gets me more excited for them, especially reading the descriptions for the Order 66 arc and the Yoda arc. Those are going to be amazing, and uh, I just can't wait to see them. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, ever since I saw this report, I just kept thinking, okay, we got to get an announcement soon, like maybe in a few days even. And pretty much ever since this story broke, which was January 16th, I've been checking StarWars.com pretty much nonstop, more than I usually do. <laughs> like every hour I'm refreshing. I have the page up pretty much all day, and I'm refreshing it every hour or so just to see when we're going to get this announcement because it has to come soon. <laughs> Yeah, and this actually came in two separate reports. One was in uh, one was on January sixteenth, and one was on January twenty second, where they uh, revealed some more descriptions for some of the episodes that they had just listed in the first report. But again, the fact that a nobody's denying this, um, and b this stuff kind of lines up with uh, the description we'd heard of the trailer that they showed at that convention in Poland, and the fact that. Um, it kind of lines up with some of the clips we've seen teased for the bonus content. So it's like uh, some of these episodes, like some of the episodes that they describe in here, we know are going to be in here. Um, not just the Clovis arc, but like some of the stuff with the clone troopers and Order 66 and Yoda and all that kind of stuff. It's like we don't know the official descriptions yet, but we do know that that stuff is going to be in there. So even if not all of this is accurate, I mean, it sounds pretty legit because it's at least close to some of what we know. Um, and like you said, too, I mean, when I saw both of these come out, I was like, with all this stuff going around i mean obviously lucasfilm has got to be aware that this is on the internet and that fans are finding out about it so what's keeping them from just making an official announcement the thing that's bugging me is that this thing says that it's going to start airing february 15th um and i think they say that it's going to start with all four of the order 66 episodes airing sort of as one special i think but i actually read the opposite or heard the opposite where they're just going to do era where it's one episode a week how Clone Wars normally was. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll have to check that again. But maybe I just heard something about all four of those episodes being aired. But, yeah, maybe it will just be one a week. But, um, I mean, either way, <laughs> that's pretty close. I mean, that's less than a month. So, yeah. like you were saying, I hope that doesn't mean that Germany and Poland and some other places are getting it before we do because – uh, on the one hand, I'm really going to want to try to like find those episodes or find out whatever I can <laughs> yeah. about them like as soon as possible. And on the other hand, I'm going to want to avoid spoilers and wait till they do finally release them in the States and see them, you know, legitimately and in the best quality that I possibly can. So I'm going to kind of be torn between those two things. So hopefully we get it at the same time everybody else does. But uh, I don't know. Either way, I hope we get some official details and stuff like that really soon. Yeah. If they do end up getting it first, I'm really going to have to heed Obi-Wan's words. Patience. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn patience. 
Yeah. Because it's going to be hard. I mean, just these episode descriptions. I'm so excited for the Order 66 arc and the Yoda arc. I go back and forth on which one I'm excited for the most. But I, I always go back to the Yoda arc. But now reading these descriptions for the Order 66 stuff, it looks like Five's going to be a central character in this arc. And he's always been a cool clone to see in the series, though. Uh, they're both going to be awesome, but I just don't know which one I'm more excited for at this moment. <laughs> yeah, I think Fives might be my favorite clone trooper aside from maybe Rex, but yeah, it'll definitely be cool to see him again. And um, yeah, I mean, the Yoda stuff is going to be good too. I also, I've said this before, but I'm really looking forward to the Clovis arc just because I love whenever we get to see character development for Anakin and see him and Padme together and their interaction and sort of just like what what it's like to try to keep a marriage together with this huge galactic war going on when you can't tell anybody about it. And I think, you know, that's a pretty interesting relationship when they explore it on the Clone Wars, which they've only done like a couple of times. But, um, it, you know, it'll be good to see that. But I also think that the sleeper hit of these episodes is going to be the one with Mace Windu and Jar Jar. I think if they <laughs> do those well, those could be surprisingly good because i think my first reaction when i saw that description on there i was like oh hey here's a you know a couple other episodes that we hadn't heard about before and then i read the description i was like really of all the episodes that you choose to save and add into the bonus content it's one about jar jar and uh -huh. then but then i thought about it and was like wait jar jar and mace windu going on a mission together that could be really funny so I'm willing to give that one a shot and it could be one of the, you know, it could be one of the best ones of the, of the series, um, or maybe not of the whole series, but like of this bonus content. I mean, I'm sure that the clones and Yoda and all that stuff is going to be good, but it'll be nice to have some comic relief in there too. Yeah, if this list is an indication of how they're going to air or be shown, you could definitely know they're saving the big ones to start it off and to end it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like you said, I'm excited for all these and just can't wait to see it. Yeah. Just more Clone Wars in general, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yep. All right, well, I think we've gone off on enough wishful Clone Wars ramblings for one episode. Um, but before we finish out, you said we've got some fan mail, right? Yeah, we got another email from Dane. And this was mainly going to be towards you, Kyle, because it's about the Old Republic. <laughs> but he starts off by saying, hey, guys, like Kyle, I'm a fan of the Old Republic. Despite the constant fighting on forums, YouTube video comments, which I highly recommend you don't even look at, etc. Over the design and story, I feel that the era has produced some of my favorite Star Wars stories I've ever read or played. And it's possibly, possibly my favorite era of Star Wars. And by saying that, I used to feel lonely because it seems like Star Wars fans hated it or were too busy fighting over design flaws to care about it and be like, hey, that was a great story, or that was a pretty cool fight scene. So I was happy to hear that Kyle liked the Old Republic era, at least enough to play the online game regularly. I was just wondering if you guys, specifically Kyle, would like to see more novels or even a new comic or even a new movie set in the Old Republic era. So... Go ahead, Kyle. Take it away. And I think I know your answer to that. <laughs> I would absolutely love to see a movie set in the older public era. Yes, Dane, I'm on your side there. Um, I mean, I, I love the new game, the MMO, but I mean, really what got me into that era in the first place was Knights of the Old Republic. And Darth Revan is one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars and especially in the EU. Um, just because I love that sort of 
I mean, he's almost like a legend figure. You know, I, I love when you've got like that mysterious character that everybody talks about and he's left this huge impact on the galaxy. Sort of like Anakin Skywalker, who how everybody's like, oh, he's the chosen one and he's this powerful Jedi warrior. And you see him in the Clone Wars going around and like fighting all these battles and being this great Jedi hero. Revan was kind of the same way. And then when you add in the fact that he was a Jedi and then a Sith and then a Jedi again and going back and forth. I mean, I if they do a Darth Revan movie, I would be like the happiest person on the planet. <laughs> um, and I love the the new game too, and some of the lore set around that time period. Um, there's a Sith Lord called Darth Malgus who uh, they, he's got his own standalone novel called uh, Deceived. And actually, if you've seen the trailer for Star Wars: The Old Republic, the first cinematic trailer that they released, which was also called Deceived, and it's got um, Malgus and his, uh, he's got like a Twi'lek assistant with him, but they basically infiltrate the Jedi temple by themselves and allow for an invasion of like a whole bunch of Sith Lords. And they basically destroy the Jedi temple and then let the Sith invade Coruscant, which, uh, kind of sets the stage for where the story is at and sort of the backstory of the game itself. But just in that trailer, I mean, when I watched that trailer for the first time, I still sort of remember that moment because my jaw hit the floor. Um, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah, I remember it was it was during E3 in 2009, I believe, and I watched yeah. that trailer on GameTrailers.com, and uh, I still remember I saw the description for it, and they said like this trailer is better than all of the prequels combined, and I was like, oh, that looks cool. Let me check it out. And then I was watching it and just was totally amazed by, I mean, the graphics and the cinematics and the action and uh, I mean, just how well they choreographed the lightsaber fight and everything. And um, yeah, I mean, I would love to see more of that too. And that deceived novel is probably, it's one of my favorite star Wars novels. I don't know if I would say it's my absolute favorite one, but I've read a couple of the other ones set in the old Republic time period. And I'd say that's my favorite one. I don't know if Malgus is like a big enough character to carry a whole movie by himself, just because I kind of get the feeling that they would want to do um yeah either movies about new characters or about well-established characters and not one about some obscure character from a video game that most people haven't heard of but and if we saw any sort of movie take place in the old republic time period that would be pretty cool but i mean if i could have like my dream movie it would be something about revan or like an adaptation of the original knights of the old republic um because also getting to see you know bastila and hk 47 and all those guys on the big screen um would just be so cool to me. I mean, that was kind of my first introduction into the Star Wars Expanded Universe was uh, sort of the Old Republic time period and then also the Clone Wars as I was sort of getting excited for Episode 3 and started reading some of the books that took place in between Episodes 2 and 3. And so as a result, I mean, the Clone Wars and the Old Republic have always been like my two favorite eras of the Star Wars time period. So yeah, getting to see any kind of standalone movie related to that for me would be awesome but i don't know tim what do you think about that i mean i know um you don't play the old republic but we've talked about playing the original knights of the old republic and i know you're kind of familiar with that too so how would you feel about that yeah it'd be cool but at the same time there's some, some of those trailers for the old republic there's certain things that bug me where it just looked too similar to the stuff we see in the clone wars era or even in the Civil War era, the classic trilogy, like the Republic Commandos, like too much like clone troopers, and you got that bounty hunter guy who almost looks exactly like Cad Bane. <laughs> There's too many similarity things where like and just the ships all looks almost just like Star Destroyers. Like I, this is supposed to take place like thousands of years before the movies 
kind of wish they had some earlier designs that look different, not exactly how they are and the stuff we're familiar with. So, yeah, it'd definitely be cool. I mean, there's some cool stories in there, but I just hope from a visual standpoint, it'd have its own more unique look. And going back to that first trailer, you just reminded me about it. As cool as that trailer is, and I remember seeing those comments everywhere. Oh, this is better than the prequels combined. I absolutely hated that comment. Seeing it everywhere, like, oh, come on. Because I'd, I'd still pick seeing the Darth Maul, Qui-Gon Obi-Wan fight, the final battle sequence in Revenge of the Sith. I'd take those over that awesome trailer any day. But you just uh, perked up another uh, tan or tangent I can go on about that. Because <laughs> I remember <laughs> back then in 2009, and now it just, you reminded me about it again saying that. Uh, it's just an easy tagline to put on the article for that trailer. Because, yeah, it is cool, and it's just an easy thing to say, but I'll end it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, well, and, you know, I will agree with you about that. I mean, I'm not saying I agreed with that comment. I just remember seeing oh, yeah, that no, and thinking, oh, man, is this trailer really going to be that good? And, you know, okay, if you think about it, yeah, does, you know, is a three-minute trailer as impactful to the Star Wars universe as a two-hour movie? No, obviously not, but for... You know, some bite-sized Star Wars, if you just want to sit down and watch a three-minute video that's got some really cool Star Wars moments in it, like, you know, they, they knock those trailers out of the park. But, um, and you know what, the other thing, I'm kind of glad you brought up that point about the design elements of the Old Republic and how it's really similar to the Clone Wars and the movies and stuff, because I totally agree with you on that. And when I first started playing the game, or even when I was sort of like following the development of it before it actually came out um, and was, you know, seeing all that stuff that they were releasing in concept art and uh, screenshots and stuff like that, I felt the same way. I was like, wow, that's really kind of, you know, it seems too similar and I wish it looked different. But I think for one thing, they're trying to make it more accessible to just sort of general Star Wars fans who've seen the movies but might not have, um, you know, people who aren't as familiar with the old Republic universe. They don't want this to feel too foreign for people who only know the Star Wars movies, and so they want it to kind of feel relatable and be like, okay, so, you know, this is before the movie, so I'm not flying a TIE fighter, but I'm flying something that kind of looks like a TIE fighter, or I'm playing as a guy who, you know, kind of looks like a stormtrooper or a clone trooper, even though I'm not, because it's not in the same time period. And I've kind of just gotten used to that now because I've been playing the game for the better part of the past two years since it's been out. So that's something that I kind of just overlook now um, just because I've gotten so used to that just being a part of the game. And, you know, when I run around the game and I see people in armor or see the vehicles or whatever, it doesn't really cross my mind anymore that, oh, that looks really similar to, you know, how it looks in the movies. But I did have that same reaction when I first, um, you know, when I first saw it and I can understand, I can totally understand people having that same reaction now. And if they were to do a movie on it, I would like to see it uh, varied a little bit more. Um, and especially, I mean, if they're doing something based off the original Knights of the Old Republic, um, that game definitely looked a lot more different. Yeah. Um, yep. you know, it was, it was a lot farther from the movies than the, uh, than the Old Republic MMO is. And so, yeah, um, Sith soldiers, their outfits look really cool. And it doesn't, I didn't get any reminders like, Oh, that's just like a, a stormtrooper or an Imperial guard or something like that. They had their own unique look. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, why they didn't do that for the online game? Well, and again, because I think they're trying to make it for for people who aren't as familiar with the old Republic era, they want to make it just a little bit different from the movies, but still feel like for people who just know the movies, you can kind of connect to that. Um, But again, I'm not saying that I necessarily like it. I'm just saying I've gotten used to it by now, and I can sort of understand both sides of it. 
Um, and, you know, from your perspective, I can definitely understand why that would be sort of distracting or, you know, why somebody wouldn't like it. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, if they do a movie based on that, I definitely would like to see them vary it up a little bit more. Um, but at the same time, I also kind of feel like if they were going to do a movie set in that universe, that they'd probably want to try to tell a new story um, or, you know, maybe go a little bit different direction with it than just doing a straight up adaptation of a novel or a comic or a video game or something. So I'm sure they would probably put their own spin on it anyways. But um, yeah, that's definitely something I'd like to see them explore. I don't think it's one of the first things they would do because obviously, you know, they're probably going to do some spinoff movies about certain characters from the films, you know, Boba Fett and Han Solo and all that kind of stuff. And then if they're going to get into video game adaptations, I would probably guess that if anything, the force unleashed would probably be the first thing they're going to get into unless the force unleashed ends up going out the window as far as continuity is concerned, because it's going to be contradicted in rebels. So I don't know, maybe they won't even touch that anymore, but it it is something, (laughs) yeah, it is something I would eventually like to see, you know, maybe in five or 10 years or something, maybe we'll finally get to see a movie set in that time period. The 20th anniversary of the original Nice of the Old Republic game. That's when you'll get the movie. <laughs> there we that. go. 2023. <laughs> yeah. Mark your calendars. But yeah, uh, so Dane, thanks for uh, sending that in and sending me off on a tangent right before the end of the show and almost <laughs> pushing us over the two hour mark. But uh, yeah, no, I'm glad he brought that up though because. Um, that's, you know, like I said, an, an era of the Star Wars timeline that I really like and uh, would love to see, along with, you know, all the other ideas that we've talked about that would make for great spin-off movies. Yep, just another uh, era you can add to the list of great movies they could make. Yeah. So if you guys, like Dane, want to send us questions, comments, thoughts, um, ideas for movies that you want to hear us talk about, any of that kind of stuff... You can email us at Kyle at CloneWarsPodcast.com or Tim at CloneWarsPodcast.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. You can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC, and that's where you'll find all of our uh, most recent posts of news that we find and all that kind of stuff, and we'll tweet it and pass it along to you guys, and then... Um, we're going to try to get back to just recording an episode every two weeks and just round, you know, rounding up all the latest rumors and stuff like that, that we've heard along the way. Although we might just have to stop and do you know, an emergency podcast if, uh, something big drops before two weeks. So, you know, if Monday morning comes and we get announcement of the bonus content or casting announcement for episode seven or something like that, I might just be like, all right, Tim, here we go again. Um, but you know. For now, that's uh, our plan that we're going to stick with. So, Also, if you listen to us on iTunes, feel free to leave us a review on there, um, along with the other channels of communication that we've mentioned. Um, And until next time, thank you guys for listening, and may the Force be with you. We will see you next time. See you later, everyone.